Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to another Rahalastaba book club. I'm very, it's the most guests we've ever had in a book club. And I think we've only ever had one before. Uh, we are joined by some of the QILs, James, Anna and Alex. Hello. Hi, Hi how are you doing? Oh, very good. It's lovely to see you all. Are you in Q- QI Towers right now? We are. Yeah, HQ. Yeah, yeah. Are. I know um, behind Alex there's a huge bookshelf and it looks like it could be one of those fake backgrounds that they all invented at the start of Zoom, but that is real. They're yeah, all real books that come out. Books. Are they all books that have come out of QI though, or are some of them other books? No, we haven't written them. We, they're almost, we haven't really written any of them. <laughs> Just, we we did not write the 1911 version of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, our Chartal Awards, you might be able to see those over oh, Alex's yeah. shoulder as well. Uh, mine, I've got so many of those, I can't find a shelter. <laughs> uh, well, lovely to have you all. We are talking about um, your book, 222 QI Answers to Your Quite Ingenious Questions. Uh, formerly published as uh, Funny You Should Ask 2. Is that right? Again. Yes, that's right. Again. again. Yeah, so, that's right. 
So you, you're doing a, a very clever thing straight away, which is making everyone's grandma buy them the same book twice. <laughs> well, it's okay. not quite the same book. It does have more. It has more in it, we should say. More yeah. questions and more oh, answers. <laughs> Even cleverer. So the completists have to have... Every... Well done. I, I know. I've, <laughs> I've released emergency questions books with the same questions in. So, you know, that's uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic technique. Um, what uh, this does, does this book come out? Uh, I mean, obviously, you you spent the last however many millions of years uh, coming up with facts and interesting stuff, but this book comes out of the Zoe Ball Breakfast Show, right? Yeah, that's right. So, how long have we been doing that? Probably three years now. Yeah, and three or four years. Radio Two every Wednesday morning. The um, curious weirdos who have questions bopping around <laughs> their heads that they need to know the answers to. Uh, they uh, they get in touch with Zoe Ball, and she gets in touch with us and tells us to answer them. And this is a sort of compilation of their weird and wonderful questions. Yeah. Right. Also, children as well as curious weirdos. Children can still be curious. That, that's weirdos. a pretty big Venn diagram intersection, I think. <laughs> hey, curious weirdos are our favourite kind of yeah, people. Yeah, that's fair. Without them, we'd have nothing. <laughs> right. So that's the selection process. It is actual questions that you have been asked on the show. Are they all, yeah, they these all, are the best. All... The best of the best. They, no, the best questions and the best answers. Yeah. It's not all. It's some that we sort of battered around ourselves. I yeah. think about a quarter of them, or maybe a bit less than that, are ones that we came up with, and then some that um, listeners asked. Yeah, that's right. Terrific. Yeah, it's when it's a, it's a lovely idea. It's a great idea. I think I, I, I love books like this. Um, I, I've got, I've come up with one of my own, which is a little, which is slightly similar, which is to uh, answer impossible questions that children have asked, so that that actually don't have an answer. <laughs> which you do get into a little bit. You, there's a question about the tooth fairy, uh, for example. How much? Yeah. How much does the tooth fairy spend every year? There's a few things like that, but um, but these are questions that do have answers. They are for most of the most yeah. of them do have answers, yeah. Uh, but like with the tooth fairy, I think we looked at some studies about how much people are given around the world. But really, it was kind of an excuse to just write about the tooth fairy around the world and how, yeah. you know, in France it's a mouse and in Nigeria, <laughs> I think it is they they take their tooth and they put some excrement in their hand and throw it away and then right. run away. And this is supposed <laughs> to be good luck and things like that. So, what a yeah. lovely bedtime tradition. <laughs> And it's quite shocking how high people are, how much the tooth fairy is giving some children. My children don't get as much as uh, the, the average children, in, certainly in America, get, I wouldn't say. So. Do they not? They should be starting a union and trying to <laughs> yeah. get a bit more out of you. <laughs> well, I don't. Why does the tooth fairy give some kids different amounts? Than that? That's the question I want to know. Yeah, it's get in touch with Mick Lynch, guys. Sort <laughs> <laughs> it out. Yeah, you need right. to factor inflation in as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. But that, I think that's the delight of this book um, is that the 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 offshoot and often just the little facts you throw in um like straight i mean pretty much straight away i think on the first page i, I love just the little facts um there's one about ladybirds that i that i i liked straight away um let me see if i can find it uh the welsh for ladybird translates as short red cow i would that that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a fantastic opening fact <laughs> it's better. It's a better name than the English because ladybird. They're neither lady-like or birds. No, no, no. But I think that's what we mostly love doing: is being asked a question and then going off on a hundred different tangents. And so, yeah, we sort of try to slip in as many weirdo facts. Why do I keep using the phrase weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts as we can. Um, even actually, I remember. I don't even think this is in the book. It's just because we use the word ingenious in the title. I mean, this is going to sound very dry unless you're an etymology nerd. But genius and ingenious come from completely different 
origins, which I never knew. And I find that incredible. Is that right? Yeah. I think the genius wasn't that it was some kind of spirit that you would get inside a person. Oh, like a genie. It, but yeah, but I think it was only men who had <laughs> well, genius. And well I think remembered. women had another thing that wasn't genius. Oh, no. Idiocy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hysteria, yeah. I think it's called. Cool, I admit yeah. it. <laughs> um, that's exactly right. Yeah, there was a spirit, which is yeah. where we get genie. And that was sort of bestowed genius on you. Whereas ingenious comes from a completely different Latin root, which gives us the word engine, for instance. Anyway, so yeah. there we go. You, you see the first word of the title and immediately we're just... If you um, want to talk about distracted. something in the book, I think in this book is the thing about how uh, inflame, inflammable and flammable inflammable, yeah. have the same meaning. But actually, we found that there's a, it's a very, very slightly different meaning. One of them means to set fire to something, and the other one means to be on fire. Ah, inflame and flame. I suppose because yeah. if you flame, you're flaming yourself, aren't you? But if you inflame something, you inflame something else. Is uh-huh. that it? But if you're flaming, that's just like being super gay. Flaming, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, there is a lot of that, I suppose, isn't there? And a lot of these facts, when you're looking at the derivation of, uh, of phrases and things like that, I mean, sideburns is an, is an interesting one, that just things get swapped around. So that's, that's based on something called Burnside. And then it just at some point, because they are on the side, I guess, people just yeah. Started, yeah. started calling them sideburns instead of Burnsides. It's, it's, it's sort of in, it, that is endlessly fascinating how language evolves and changes and um, and the different roots yeah. that it comes from. It is uh, there's, there's a lot in that, isn't there? Definitely is. I I know, like for instance, when we do QI at the TV show and we send scripts to Sandy, uh, Sandy always goes through and does a pass and kind of adds her own facts. And etymology is the one thing that she loves, isn't it? Yeah. Like, she'll just go through all the words and go, oh, this is an interesting etymology. So is this. So is this. Yeah. And what's nice about one like, actually like Sideburns, which is from a real person, definitely called Burnside, we've got the evidence, is that you can pin it down, can't you? Which is so hard to do with a lot of, some of the ones in this book, um, like, or if you've got like Happy as Larry, where did that come from? So often we just never know, they're lost in the Mm. mists of time. So it's nice when you get that concrete Mr. Sideburn, Mr. Burnside. (laughs) And Yeah, it's really weird when somebody invented something and they've actually got the name of the thing they invented. Yeah. yeah, like that's so satisfying, but never usually true. Although there was a guy who invented the tram, was a guy called George Train. Is that right? Is that? I think he ran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He which is really unsatisfying. I think. Yeah. Well, I say I say everything's my daughter. Whenever my daughter says who invented this, I just say Ian, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <is>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has that ever been right? Has there I ever think, been I an think Ian? Ian? I think Ian Greggs uh, started up Greggs. So I think Ian Did Greggs he? is the CEO no of Greggs. Yeah. Oh, I found, I saw, found one the other day <laughs> that apparently um, the Broccoli family, you know, Barbara Broccoli, yeah. um, the, the Bond producers, yeah. um, they had something to do with actual broccoli. They invented like, broccoli. I, I think maybe <laughs> they, they like, again, they brought it to like uh, it to shops or something. Yeah, but they're like actually connected to real broccoli. No. Because wow. I was looking into it because I was, I was, trying, to, I was trying to find out what tender stem broccoli is and tender stem it turns out is also like a brand name it's, it's like a really? copyright copy, copyrighted or like pet patented st- uh, type of broccoli wow. so yeah uh, anna and i have a big argument don't we about who invented is it the blanket, blanket. Yeah. <laughs> mr blanket in the 11th century or something yeah it's ongoing it'll never be proven either way but yeah there was definitely a guy called mr blanket who was selling blankets in around the bristol area in the 11th century 
And yet right. James is skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> but but as as I think you say in this book, that surnames only came up because you know they people started being called by whatever they were doing. So that could actually be the other way around. It could be yeah. <laughs> yes. Ian, I'm called Ian, but I sell blankets, so now I'm called Ian Blanket. That's the, the blanket. All right, yeah. <laughs> you've made your allegiance clear. <laughs> so what's the what's the? I mean, obviously. For both the radio show and the book, what level of um, proof and research do you have to go to to make sure it's definitely right? You, you're obviously cross-checking against several different things, right? Yeah, well, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> we we have the QI standard of um, we really try and make everything as correct as possible. We sometimes make mistakes like everyone does, but hopefully fewer than most people do. Um, but for the book especially, once it's come to this stage, it's gone through so many different levels. Yeah. So we've got if the QI elves, there's uh, more than a dozen of us and everyone contributed to this book and wrote first drafts, but then it would go through a second draft and a third draft. And each one of those people is trying to prove it wrong. And so we hope that after that kind of sieve of of elves that everything is more or less right in there. But, you know, yeah. people do make mistakes. As, it's yeah. pretty terrible for office morale as well. Like yeah. Most of our business is trying to prove that everyone else yeah. is doing a bad job. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> but they're very succinct, all of these. You know, they are, and, so, and some of the questions are, are, are pretty full on and difficult and philosophical. Uh, where is last Wednesday is a pretty philosophical question that might someone could write a... Uh, a whole book about which you get down to a page or so. So it is, it's, it, that's, it's that's, written. That's, that's John, John Lloyd, creator yeah. of QI, is, is, is the one who takes main responsibility for the, the more philosophical ones, I think. Yeah. I reckon, so Richard, you've probably interviewed John over the years, have, right? Yeah. You probably know him. I reckon you could go through this book and if I told you there were three or four entries that John Lloyd <laughs> originally wrote, you would be okay. able to pick them out immediately. <laughs> yeah, and so that's one it. of them. That's probably that's probably true. Yeah, he asked me about uh, the chemical con- composition of the the carrot uh, on my on Rallis, but which brief, which briefly became an emergency question. But uh, there, there, were, there weren't many funny there weren't many funny answers to it, and the actual answers are, is quite boring. Uh, so wow! Ouch. <laughs> so he's not We've had three chapters of that in this book. Um... <laughs> You're, okay. you're right, though. Some of the questions were massive, actually. Sometimes you'll get asked a question and you think, good, I'll, I'll spin that off in an hour. Um, I remember the one on this one that I probably could write a novel on is um, if Rome wasn't built in a day, how long did it take? Oh, yeah. so you realise, well, when did it start being built? When did it finish being built? What do we count as a It building? encompasses all of Roman history, really. Yeah. 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 So I wrote the history of yeah. Rome and then siphoned it down to a page. And that's a very difficult one as well because, the, you know, the, the beginnings of Rome are obviously largely in myth anyway so you know you can mm-hmm. find the earliest exactly but of course and it's a, but it's a philosophical one as well because does a does a city ever st- until a city is left and and desolate it's still being built right so it's still yeah, it's very yeah. hard to Rome define. Is still being built to this day um finished one of the ones I wrote was, um, what's the most expensive object in the world or what's the most valuable oh, thing yeah. in the world? And that was one that has, actually, it has so many different answers because it depends what you think. If you go by substance, uh, you could uh, you could pick like antimatter. Um, and then if you go by object, 
you could you could pick what counts as a single object. There's a there's a huge multi-billion pound super yacht that's being built somewhere. But on the other hand, the most valuable object by weight is the, the one cent magenta stamp, which is the world's rarest stamp. Yeah. There's one of it left in the world. Worth it's about like, nine million dollars. I think it's from New Guinea. New yeah, Guinea. exactly. It's so it's it's not I mean it's not worth a huge amount in itself, but it's so small and light that by weight it makes mm. it by far and away the most valuable. Uh, yeah. material on earth it's i think it's the only subject because uh, i've found recently it's the only the only stamp missing the only ma- only major stamp missing from the royal stamp collection really yeah which really? must be so annoying wow. for the royal family imagine someone's <laughs> got it and they just send a birthday card one day yeah. out, <laughs> and that recipe will never know if i were them though i think that's a good reason to like start a crusade or something like yeah. if you're the royal family and you haven't done one for ages but also I would the go royal and get it. stamp collection yeah, the Royal Phil- Philip Philatelic Philatelic Collection. Yeah, it's a it's a huge like it's like it's the best. I think it's the the biggest collection in Europe or wow. something, or maybe the world. Yeah, but um, they get yeah. they get most of them sent to them for free because their faces are on it. So you know, it's not really a collection. They get the first draft. Also, they probably just mock them up themselves, just print out a small picture. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just take a photo <laughs> for the idea. Um, yeah, I mean, also that stamp must be possibly the thing that's a, that's gained most value, you know, from its original price to what it's worth yes. now. There can't yeah, be one, one cent, yeah, yeah to, to whatever <laughs> millions of pounds is. There can't be much that's gained that much in 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 cost since it's since it began. But uh, yeah, it's well, there's loads of things I uh, I liked about it. Some things I think I I guess I knew. Uh, but then other, th- you know, but you, I, the thing I never, it's, it's remembering these things. And this is why this book's great to have on hand because it does, it is sort of succinct. Um, let me see, what was that? Uh, well, I, I, quite, I quite like the fact that water isn't wet. I thought that's, you know, that was just in <laughs> passing. <laughs> it is. But it, <laughs> well, it, there's also that it's not, you can get extra wet water. Yeah. That vitamins use. Yeah. 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 So the idea is that um, something is wet if it has water on it, but water can't have water on it because then it just becomes part of the water that it's on. <laughs> and so it's a bit of a technical one, but it's you know I think we I think we ran it on QI just yeah yeah you know it was one of those where we read that for the first time. One of the researchers came up with it, and we just we just thought this is gonna alan is gonna hate this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you angry when you hear it and that's what we're here for to make people angry i'm more yeah. angry that i'm not getting the wettest water that's available yeah is that yeah. was the wettest water for firemen that yeah it, was, it, it reduces the surface t- they add they add a they add a chemical that reduces oh, the surface yeah. tension so it flows faster and you can get more more out the more out the hose yeah um, yeah what would you do if you had some wetter water what would you what, what would you use oh, just for Alex? Drink it faster, I guess. <laughs> Is that what you're always thinking? Whenever you have a drink, you think, I wish I could drink this Not nearly faster. viscous enough, yeah. It goes through you a I bit guess... quicker. You know when you're emptying, like, emptying a bottle? Out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But when you like when you empty a bottle into the sink, it always takes ages and you're always shaking around and like, it's just yeah. really annoying. And... I mean, it doesn't take yeah, that. It doesn't take that much of my time up. It's oh, not so I much. I guess I'm busier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, baths take ages to fill. You could fill a bath really I fast. thought the other day I was in. This is so stupid, but I was. I went to an Airbnb, and the water pressure was really good. And I thought I should put that in the review because it's such an important thing to have mm. good water pressure. Is I this is did. this fact that James is now completely middle aged? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was like the highlight of your holiday. It really was. <laughs> Mold on the ceiling. Five stars. Water pressure. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, one of the things that I had a I had an extra question for, but this is very this is very difficult to answer. I mean, impossible to answer really. Uh, there's a there's an entry about if clone if you clone yourself, you wouldn't have the same fingerprints as the clone would have different yes. fingerprints. Yes, oh, that's so interesting. That one. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's interesting. My question, we can talk about that as well. But my question on top of that is in the infinite, you, you know, because a clone of you does not have the same personality as you necessarily, right? So it's mm, not mm-hmm. it's not the same soul inside it. But everyone talks about this infinite universe. If, if there's an infinite number of universes, you are doing everything that's possible to do. But surely there's an infinite number of possible things. In, you know, you might have the same makeup in DNA terms, but you might not have the same soul. And is that quantifiable? And that's what I wanted the physicist to answer. Wait, what's what's your question? Sorry? My question is with- my question is that I think even if there's another version of you, someone in another universe that's that's the prime minister or whatever, that they don't they won't have the same insight, whatever's inside yeah. you, they won't have the same yes. personality and soul. Let's call it soul, which I don't think it is. But yeah, they yeah. Won't, there'll be a different person inside. So it's not you any more than your twin brother is you. No. So, so it would look a bit like someone, you. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't like turn up and you both be thinking the same things because no. you've had different experiences and your what what you think is down to your experiences more than your DNA. Yeah. And also, but Although, I don't I don't think twins, if you gave them exactly the same experiences, would then be thinking in in tandem, you know, they would still have different personalities. So it's more Although Yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no. You're the, you're the experts. You're the experts. I, well, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna suggest a possible counter argument that in in the world where there are infinite universes, yeah. um, then of course there is an identical version of you who's had all the exact same experiences and is, is the same person. And I think a lot of physicists would say that is the same thing. And that's we do a thing where there's a there's an app called Universe Splitter. 
which um, if you can't make a decision about something, if you're arguing with your spouse or something, um, you just split the universe. And mm. what that does is, and it goes to scientists at CERN, every time you do it, it bounces off a computer system at CERN and it splits the universe in that moment. And it takes a version of you in one universe and a version in the other. And if you're deciding between whether to have tea or coffee, it gives one coffee and one tea. And the way I do this with my husband and he always uses <laughs> do it. Do you argue a lot about whether to have tea or coffee? Constantly. <laughs> Sorry, what, a, what a waste of CERN's resources. I can't believe this I exists. <laughs> but the justification is to make you feel better if you lose in this universe the you and the other universe has I won. actually, according to the multiverse theory, I think when you make that decision, that's when the two universes are created. Ah. So it's not like there's a you in the other universe. And yes. You in this yeah, universe. yeah, that's Suddenly right. Suddenly this universe becomes two and then one's a tea yeah. and one's a coffee. I don't buy the... I think there can be infinite number of universes where an infinite number of stuff happens and it isn't. it doesn't cover everything. The minute one thing... There are things that can't possibly happen. Like I'm not going to get a phone call in any universe that's up to this point exactly the same, where someone says, Rich, you, you, you've got to come and play it, football for England right now. We, we need you. <laughs> that's not going to happen. So it's not going to happen. There's, there's no situation where, you know, this. And so the, if it means one thing does can't happen, there's plenty of things you can say, well, that will never actually happen. People yeah. won't make that decision. Yeah. I was thinking about, I agree. I was thinking about Richard Osman uh, marrying uh, one of his contestants on House of Games. Uh, and I thought, you know, in another universe, maybe that would, maybe he, he would have chosen me and uh, <laughs> all the house. Of and we would have just got married. But everything would, and we'd both have had to like completely change our attitudes to each other. Suddenly, uh, yeah. discover our sexuality had changed. And do you think perhaps get divorced? Rich, yeah. Do you think your performance on House of Games was not quite good enough? That I think, <laughs> I, I think it intimidated him. It was too. I think it was okay. too. But now I've started thinking yeah. about the universe where I wake up in bed every morning with Richard Osman, and I, I actually do quite like the idea. So maybe that's not a good example. Maybe that one has happened. Somewhere I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be coming back on your show after hearing this. <laughs> I, think, I think that might make him a little bit uncomfortable. But good luck with it. <laughs> I just I'm jealous that you know I thought I was a good contestant, but apparently, but apparently not good enough for Richard Osman. You always get a Richard Osman themed prize, don't you, on that show? Yeah. Well, you guys, England, very, very much did. <laughs> a night of passion with. <laughs> a, li a lifetime. A lifetime. The rest of your life with Richard Osman. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, let's move on. I, you know, well, I tried to write, I tried to write a sitcom about alternate universes, so I think about it a lot, but, I, mm. you know, it, it does my head in. Uh, there's, there's more prosaic and interesting, you know, and, and down-to-earth things. There's a lot of things about... Like uh, how to wash a raspberry, for example, I've, I was very impressed with that answer. I didn't know I've, I've been washing raspberries wrongly. Did anyone oh, yeah. any um, any guesses to who might have written that one? <laughs> <laughs> Is that Is it a John Lloyd? That's a John Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> that split the office because half of us were like, "Oh, great, that's a really useful thing to know and interesting." The other half were like. I've never washed a raspberry. I've never considered that I'm doing it wrong. I was in that camp. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wash raspberries and I wash them wrong. Oh, okay. okay. Do you think this might have changed your life, this book then? It might. It, I think it could. <laughs> I, had a, I actually had a fireman on quite recently, Lee uh, Hosey Pickett, and uh, his book's about does offer you ways to save your life in the event of a fire. But I think that raspberry advice is more useful <laughs> because, you know, I'm, more, I'm definitely going to have another raspberry and I'm probably not going to be in a fire. So I think this book has changed my life more. I'd like to see the universe where I didn't read the uh, raspberry entry. And That's another then, good use for... Um, you die uh, of some sort of raspberry poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
maybe <laughs> maybe wetter water would be a good yeah. you know thing to wash yeah. raspberries with as well. You're right. Mm. You could put it all to yeah. get it all together. Uh, I knew I this thought... might. Oh God, so. I've just to say I've always wanted to do a QI book of um, weird life hacks like that because uh, there are various little things that come up over the years where you change your behaviour. I think the best one for me was when Dan Schreiber, one of our other colleagues, found out for our podcast that um, we've been tying our shoelaces wrong, and a study yes. was done to show if you tied your shoelaces the opposite way, they won't untie themselves. And ever since I've tied my shoelace the opposite way, now I've never been as good at it, so I look like a five-year-old. <laughs> but they don't come undone all day, wow. and it's little little. Life there was, like that um, can change your world. There's a thing on the next series of QI, isn't there, where it's how to eat a beef, how to eat a burger. Oh yeah. Um, and I remember because it's a picture of me in the image, which mm-hmm. I think I'm wearing this shirt as well. There's anyway, two ways on this. Yeah, you turn your burger upside down um, because the top is usually thicker than the bottom, so the juices won't like disintegrate the bread. And then when you hold it, you use your little pinky fingers on the bottom of the uh, burger and that's so that when you bite it the stuff doesn't shoot out of the other end ah, that's that's see, that's you will get <laughs> you will get kicked out of mcdonald's if anyone sees you doing that <laughs> yeah. it's so odd it's the advice basically just to eat everything upside down because that's the banana advice as well that ben moore told me that, fact, yes. that if, you, if you eat a banana upside down that's a be- better way to eat it do you mean you you're upside down or the bananas upside well, down yeah that's a good question i guess either I guess yeah. as long as as long as one of you stays the same way up as you usually are, then you, the, other, the other one turning around is. I is, think there's is a good. question. There's a question in this book, isn't there, about whether you can eat upside down? Again, yeah, there is. Um, yeah there and is. we say you probably shouldn't do it because you might choke, but actually it will be fine. Yeah, which I thought we shouldn't have said. Health and safety gone mad. I reckon the whole point is that you are safe to eat upside down. So I don't think you will choke because yeah, you've got lots of uh, draw strings going down your digestive system or sphincters, um, which you know stop the food falling back out. So hang upside down, eat your bananas all you want. Yeah, so this book really could you change can... your life if you take that advice and and choke to death on <laughs> <laughs> your next meal. So that's good. Good to see. Okay, I thought there was something else coming there, but I was wrong. Look, we were talking about this. Talking about this, it's difficult interviewing three people on a on a, a very dodgy line that keeps on breaking up. Um, we we discussed this before we started recording, but I wanted to ask how many, as you said, everyone asked you how many people have written this book, how many are in the team of elves, uh, and uh, I I can count fifteen and a dog, but I've heard sixteen. <laughs> That's definitely how many there are on the photo. Sure. There's more than that. So there's at least like a dozen who come in the office and are based around here. But then we've also got a set of international um, stringer elves, as John calls them. So from very around the world and working remotely. And because it's the kind of thing you can do remotely, you know, you, it's a lot of sitting and reading and, and delving into a really deep subject. Yeah. And... Although of the ones of us who come in and chat to Zoe Ball and glean these questions, I think 16 sounds about right, oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we usually like do that. it in a pair. I mean, you've done the count, so this is a test question, isn't it, to make sure we haven't forgotten some poor employee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've counted on the picture, but that's a lot of people to write one, but, you know, it's quite difficult to make money out of books, and I know these books are pretty, presumably selling pretty well, but if there's 16 people and, you know, everyone else, Zoe Balls must be taking a big cut for her introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Millions. It is one of like several things we're doing in a week. We don't we don't like just yeah. write the book for like several months because yeah. we've obviously got the TV show, the podcasts, and like all the other stuff. So it's it's you know that's like one thing on your to do list for the week yeah. is to write your questions for the book. And, yeah, and it, and it's sort of and they're all they all cross fertilize obviously and and the yeah more exactly you, the more facts you know the more you can go. Oh, I 
Are you are you ever worried about? Uh, I mean, you've written you as the QILs and QI series over the many years it's been on. There's been a lot of books, so there must yeah. be there must be some repetition of of facts in there. Just but or do you have a database? I know you do on the uh, no such thing as a fish. We do have a database. We've got a database. Yeah, we actually had a a tool for a while that we developed that was like a fact comparison tool. Because when we were writing the fact books, which were just these lists of facts of kind of written in kind of little like poetic ways, um, that they we had to when we got to like writing the fifth book, it was really hard to like check whether we'd used them in any of the previous Mm. four books. So we got our IT guy to build a little tool that compares every fact with every other fact and (laughs) point out ones that are worded really similarly. (laughs) We have all of the scripts of QI, don't we? yeah everything's in this, and all yeah. the books and all that kind of stuff so we try our level best not to repeat ourselves too much sure except um, in person where yeah. i'm doing it on a daily basis <laughs> yeah i know about three facts and i roll them out all the time yeah. hope so. but some of the again some of the ones that are just throwaway feel like there's there's you know there's the uh there's an entry about the practicality of cinderella slippers which i think is just a sentence that they weren't <laughs> that they weren't practical and they broke when they tried to make them but that that seems like a that seems like an, an an interesting question that could have been a, a whole entry rather than a throwaway. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you've got to condense them. But I, <laughs> I, that's one of those where I really like it when you have a question and you do find out a scientist has done what seems like a quite pointless experiment because they did actually subject the slippers to that, didn't they? Um, and yeah, like the one where I think we asked, do fish get seasick? And it turns yeah. out there's a... German scientists who brought fish up in an aeroplane and then nosedived the aeroplane deliberately to see what happened to them and then look, looked at them and said, yeah, they look like they're having a bad time. They look, they look pretty nauseous to me. I reckon they do therefore get travel sick. And it's just like, what are these scientists doing? I mean, answering our questions apparently, but... My favorite experiment from the book was the um, the team that wanted to work out how ants measure distance because they oh, yeah. they go to they they do take the same journeys over and over again obviously when they find food and they go up and down the nest and they leave pheromones and do all these sorts of things um but um they they were the hypothesis was that they count their steps basically so they know that the food they're getting is is two, 245 steps away and to test this they glued stilts to ants feet so that their step would be longer and the it was that and it worked the ant just massively overshot its destination because it counted yeah. the steps which is so mean and i think that it was even i think i don't think we put it in the book but there was an even more horrible side of the experiment where he they cut the legs shorter oh, did they? yeah oh, and so and just oh, yeah no it's not nice oh, sorry I, mean, I, I did like the idea of the ant stilts whose job it was to make ants ants stilts stilts. Is, is whimsical and fun <laughs> yeah no <laughs> let's see how they do with no legs and no no brain let's stamp on them see how they how do they survive oh, they get really lazy they don't go at all yeah. let's burn well, I used to burn ants as a child, so and and, oh. and deliberately set them on fire. I'd get them onto newspaper and then set the newspaper on fire. Wow! So and not even in the job. name of science. No, just in the name of being a horrible little <laughs> cunt. Wow! Yeah, you're, you're a Roald doll creation. That is terrible. It was fun. It was fun to watch them die. Um, <laughs> you've halved your listenership. <laughs> Uh, how many books have QI put out? Do you know that the answer to that question? There must be because it's been ro- rolling along for decades. I've been involved in, I think, thirteen so far, right. maybe thirteen or fourteen, and there were a couple before I was. Yeah, involved. I think it's pretty much like twenty over twenty now. I reckon pushing yeah. twenty. Yeah, there was Somewhere also there've been so many different kinds of books coming out. So it's it that's sort of fascinating. It's this 
it's this industry off of all the work you do. And, uh, you know, and as you say, it's in so many varied forms now as well. But it is it, it is interesting that, uh, that what starts as a TV show, I suppose, or a radio show could go on to to spawn this kind of cottage industry of, of its own. I mean, it's yeah, well, a cottage industry. <laughs> <laughs> it began as a book before a TV yeah. show. It was oh, supposed was it? to be a book. Yeah. Right. So John's big idea was that we would make like the interesting encyclopedia yeah so we would have an encyclopedia of things beginning with a but they would only be the interesting bits and then i think sort of he went to pitch it as a tv show not thinking that it would that it would fly originally Mm. hoping but not thinking but then they asked for the tv show yeah Uh, and then i think john really Mm. would love to still write that encyclopedia of interesting things yeah yeah um we did think about one year doing the book of q didn't we just like a, a encyclopedia of just things beginning with q but it never quite happened yeah and of course that works because it's good to start in the middle like whenever people do encyclopedias and dictionaries they want to start in the middle of the alphabet because you're a bit ropey at first and you know you you're misdefined aardvark and you look like an idiot but if you misdefine (laughs) misdefine you know snow no one's going to notice yeah because when you buy a dictionary you always read from the beginning to see how good it is Well, that's an interesting question about this book because it sort of is again. It's a sort of toilet book, really, isn't it? It's not. It's not a. I mean, I sat down and read it from cover to cover, but it's one that you. Really that was a long probably... toilet break. It was. <laughs> I love the toilet. What can I say? Um, but uh, it's it's something that you kind of want to dip into and ha- and have somewhere mm. it, rather than uh, you know. And there's a there's an index where you can choose your questions and all that sort of stuff at the beginning. So it's so it's. Uh, but that is, do you think people are, is that, is that how you imagine people using the book? Or do you think about how, how it's read and, and, and how people will use it? I think toilet book is right. If, in fact, yeah. I've just realised we should definitely do the thing which they used to do in the 19th century to, um, it was like a gardening book or something. Anyway, where you put a hole in the corner oh. of the book so people can reuse it as loo roll afterwards. Oh, but yeah, I, I think some of the best books you read are on the loo. I would say I've just had an idea, though, for what else you can use. <laughs> if you're going on a date, um, right, and you have no idea, it's a first date, you no idea what to talk about. I feel like this is a good one to just have on the tube on the way there. Emergency conversations. Emergency starters. questions. Great idea. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. It's certainly better than on this promotional podcast for our book, suggesting people use this as toilet paper. That's my original. That's exactly it. But no, I think this, well, you know, I never, I can, I, but I can never retain jokes either, but I never really retain facts. And you're, you all obviously will have the brains where you can retain them. So I think that's a good thing because you can go, you know, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if going on a date and going, do you know you're probably washing raspberries incorrectly? <laughs> is there, is there, is I spent great? 10 years thinking oh, that no. it didn't work. <laughs> uh, one thing about the order, actually, is that um, Sarah Lloyd, who is John Lloyd's wife, who is like one of the, the bosses of QI, um, it was her decision of the order that everything would go in in this book. So okay. we wrote all of the questions and she was the one who went, well, this would go nicely after this. And this would go nicely after that. So I think, you know, there's been a lot of love gone into the order of the book. So people should read it from cover to cover. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely designed. You can look, you can look, you can look up a question and look up the index so you can use it as a reference book. But she did, like Sarah did print out the entire book and lie it on the floor and go completely insane trying to find a flow <laughs> of all of this completely random information. And she did it. So it's amazing. Yeah. Don't That's render true. her work <laughs> So read it. You have to read it from <laughs> and it and it ends on the question that sort of came up a little bit out of your idea of an encyclopedia of interesting things is how do you define if something 
is interesting because it's in, in, what's interesting to me is is not necessarily interesting to someone else. So it is that's quite again quite a philosophical question to more or less end the book on. But uh, yeah, that comes out of I think when when you start QI research, which is the core thing you do, is that like when you come to the company, you spend at least some of your week doing pure research, sitting down, reading, visiting museums, something, trying to find that fact, that, that material for the UI, you get an induction from John, who um, uh, sort of sort of sits down and talks to you about the philosophy of the company and the ethos and, and how it works and how you do research. And uh, I don't think anyone's ever had the same conversation twice. I think <laughs> you compare them at all. It's a really, really interesting experience. But I think that's the like super condensed conclusion yeah um so it's just really nice to end the book on, basically everything's interesting if you look at it the right way yeah That's yeah the yeah. idea of qi but with some yeah. facts thrown in like i find it extraordinary that and i think this might be the final fact of the book that latin doesn't have didn't the romans didn't have a word for interesting what yeah. does that mean they didn't have a concept of interesting they weren't interested in anything they were pretty interesting themselves what's going on there that is yeah that, you know well that, i suppose it's anything that would they are good conversation starters when when you when you have something like that, and I suppose, I suppose it's when you when you spend your whole life looking at facts, if things are still surprising you after all this time, that's that's quite amazing as well, isn't it? That you that you can be surprised by something, Anna, or that uh, is that what was the what were the most surprising things for the, the rest of you? Yeah, from well, that's the. Oh. Good question. Yeah, good it's question. like we should have thought about that, shouldn't we, before yeah. we came on? Like, yeah, yeah. To buy time, I will say that, I mean, it's a cliche, but every single day is a surprise um, at QI. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of a marriage. Um, every single day, you learn something exciting and new about what you're doing. Yeah. Also, we the, don't require the total computing power of CERN to keep it alive. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing that I found recently, which is not in the book, and then we'll come to the book, is that... You know these like uh, meat-free burgers that are really kind of they they're just like meat. Yeah. Um, there's a load of companies mm. that make them, yeah, but man. quite a few of the companies they their burgers are tested on animals. So oh, yeah. even though they're vegan, they're tested on animals, and the reason is because a lot of them are made with GM crops, and you need to test them before you can feed them to humans. Right. And so if you go on some of the websites, they're like, you know. The, the rats, they were really looked after. We used the minimum that we could use. We're really sorry. There's nothing else we could have done, but they had to be tested on animals. Yeah, the I, rats love the burgers. They, yeah. they had a great time. I mean, that's that the thing. Like it's really animal testing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's like a nice night out for the animals. It is. I mean, it's it's kind of good. It's a, As far as animal testing is concerned, it's probably the best. It's not setting fire to ants. No. Put it that way. But, but it also, is, I mean, it's it, not vegan. Technically, it's not vegan. No, it's not testing. vegan. But if they told you how many of the animals died after eating them, <laughs> 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 or what terrible things happened to them, that would be a more interesting website, wouldn't it? But early on, we lost a few rats and gerbils. <laughs> the original arsenic burger we decided not to put on the market after some accidents. So from the book, um, this I remember this because we did the audio book of this the other day, just this, the new questions. Uh, and it was, what happens if you cross a one-humped camel with a two-humped camel? Oh, Which yes, I thought was such a brilliant question. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone wants a three-humped camel, don't you? I can't basically. remember the answer to that. What well, the answer is you get either a camel with one massive hump, <laughs> or you get one with a very small hump, or sometimes you get one big hump with two little humps on top oh. of it. Oh. <laughs> it's like a cock and balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
For some people, Anna, for some people. For some people. <laughs> I, did, I did really like, we, we talked about um, a, a, everyone having unique fingerprints, even if you're a clone. We didn't yes, say yeah. why. And I did really love the fact that your fingerprints are partly determined by your genetics. So they will be similar if you had a clone of yourself and you were sitting next to them and you were comparing fingerprints. But they would be a bit different because your fingerprints are partially formed by your fingers pressing up against the inside of the womb when you're yeah. inside and yeah. like when, you're literally when you're more doughy yeah increase creases all your fingers together and then because your the outer and inner layers of your skin grow at different rates it's they sort of crinkle up and it's just amazing yeah i just yeah. think that's so nice and yeah that is a good one so how did the audio book work was that did you all come in and do a bit of the audio book or was it a select group of you uh, it was myself and Anne Miller, who's not here today. We read the answers to the questions, but then all of the elves came in and read the actual questions themselves. Okay. And then all the little fun facts that you mentioned, they were all read by John Lloyd. Okay, terrific. Okay, well, that 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 would be an interesting way to uh, take it all in as well. I didn't, I didn't have, usually I do have the audio, I prefer the audio book for most things. I'm not, I can't, I think, I think maybe it's a, this is a good one to have as a book. You can listen to an audio book <laughs> on the toilet though, right? And just probably choose a random chapter i don't see why not yeah <laughs> do both read along li- we should well actually if you if you have an audio i was going to say if you have an audio book you can go to the toilet wherever you like but that's also true of a book <laughs> <laughs> but if you're um if you're in like a public toilet and the person yeah. in the cubicle next to you is going then probably they're listening to our audio book yeah yeah that that (laughs) will probably be it well look it's a terrific book uh it's it's out this week if you're listening to uh the podcast on the week of uh, recording uh are there any other books you guys are reading that you i mean you must read a lot of books uh is there anything you'd like to recommend that's coming out soon or even wow that's such a good question i um and I'm not just saying this because uh, I know him and like him. And I know he can. You're going to do the same one as me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I must look. So Dan Schreiber, who yeah. we work Ugh. with, has released a book called The Theory of Everything Else. It's his baby. He's been working on it for a, more than a decade, talking about it. And it is absolutely mind-blowing. It's so good. I have to say, it's like, I mean, everything in there, I thought, why on earth haven't you told us this before? This is incredible. <laughs> so get that one next. I okay. read a book about the history of bowls uh, between 1900 and 1959. Uh, and the history of people what? who oh. like bowls, you know, like crown green bowling. Oh, bowling, okay. Yeah, could, it's no, mostly statistics. It could have been statistics. three or four different things. That I thought it was bulbs or bulls or balls. You're absolutely bowls. right. and even for people who like crown green bowling it was unbelievable did it bowl you over (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i'm just saying that for balance against the dan schreiber thing (laughs) so maybe don't buy the bowls book uh that's good good to know if you're about to i'm reading i i'm halfway through bill bryson's shakespeare book and that's really good because it's mostly it's sort of everything we know about shakespeare and it's all we didn't know anything about him and everything we think we think we know about him is really uncertain and based on tiny amounts of evidence and it's Mm -hmm. just really interesting to find out how how much we don't know about him and you just learn so much about that era as well really yeah Yeah. cool yeah fabulous well look Thanks very much for joining me, guys. Very nice uh, to talk to you all. Thank you very much for coming on, uh, James, Anna, and Alex, QI Elves, and buy their book, Children 21, QI Answers to Your Quite Ingenious Questions. And there's an intro by Zoe Ball. If you don't like ingenious questions and you like Zoe Ball, you can read some a, a bit that Zoe Ball's written. 
<laughs> and, then, and then use the rest as toilet paper. You know, you just described it as 221 ingenious questions. Did I? I, I want to know which one you dropped. Just out the uh, how to wash a raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. There was I one don't that know what you used it for. I'll try and find one that isn't ingenious. As the blow up the moon, that's a good one. Uh, uh, why are the few nuts? Why are so few nuts actually nuts is not an ingenious question. Uh, yeah. So there, it's 221. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go, back and, go back and rewrite it. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye. <laughs>